welcome to this presentation of Bethel Family Church. We hope you enjoy listening and that it helps you to grow closer to Jesus. We have been looking at faith that works when life doesn't. We've been talking about faith that builds us up, the kind of faith that endures through challenges, through trials, through problems, through difficult circumstances. We've looked at all kinds of ways that we can build up our faith and stay close to Jesus, even in the midst of a crisis. And this morning, I want to share a little bit about faith that stays calm in a crisis. One of the things that we often find that we, when we are in a crisis, when we're in a difficult situation, is that sometimes tempers are a little bit closer to the surface, aren't they? And sometimes it's kind of like, you know, we try to hold things together, but frustrations and, and fears and all those kinds of things that are, that are often more prevalent in a crisis kind of situation or a difficult situation can result in anger. Now, anger is, I, I think... It's, it's reasonably fair to say one of the most misunderstood and kind of mismanaged emotions that we have. We all experience it, don't we? In different ways, we do different things with it, but we all experience uh, anger at some point in our life. I'm hoping it's not just me, but I'm <laughs> fairly sure, I'm fairly confident, like 99.9% sure that all of us here could kind of identify some sort of anger emotion that we've experienced at some point in our life. And if we haven't, we probably should have. Because anger in and of itself isn't a bad thing, is it? In, in the right circumstances, there are some things that happen in the world today that we would very rightfully be angry about. And we look at the example of, of Jesus and there were situations that we read about in the Gospels where things were wrong. And Jesus actually got angry uh, and that anger, uh, in that anger, he didn't sin, but it motivated him to speak up to make some change and to see some things happen. And there, there's ways that for us, anger can be healthy and productive, but a lot of us don't have good habits or things. We, we don't always know how to express anger when we feel it in a healthy and productive kind of way, do we? I won't ask for a show of hands or a response, but we can just talk about we in general, all right? Let's, we won't be too personal this morning, but sometimes the right response to a situation is anger, but we need to know how to manage it right. We need to know how to express it properly. I've got a, a little quote here from Headspace. Headspace is a site that helps young people with mental health and all that kind of stuff. And the Headspace website says this, recognizing and expressing anger can be healthy and helpful in developing assertiveness skills so we can stand up for ourselves. That's an important thing, isn't it? can be helpful in developing our belief in our own abilities and it can be helpful in developing persistence. You know what it's like when you sometimes you kind of you're frustrated by something, you're trying to do something, you're trying to accomplish something and it seems like there are, there are hurdles, it seems like there are things that kind of keep getting in your way and you just kind of get that, have you ever been at that moment where you're just like, no, I'm going to finish this, I'm going to do it and I don't care what gets in the way, I need to get this done and I'm going to just push through and do it. Anybody ever experienced one of those moments? 
Some of you have. Some of you, it's like some of some of you, it's like more internal than external. That's okay. Some of you, it's like it comes out, and you you you'll actually even if there's nobody around, you'll say it out loud to yourself because you're more verbal and expressive, and that's cool. But we can kind of relate to some of those things, and sometimes anger uh, and that kind of thing, if it's expressed the right way and dealt with and managed the right way, can be something that actually helps to motivate us it pushes us sometimes it's about standing up for ourselves sometimes it's about enduring and persisting through things but anger that is not expressed in the right way as probably most of us have experienced on either the giving or the receiving end it can be terribly destructive it can be hurtful not only to ourselves but to those around us we all experience anger but how we manage it how we deal with it is what makes the difference. When we can manage our anger properly, it actually helps to create great marriages when husbands and wives... Like, if you are married, you know that sometimes your spouse irritates you. Sometimes, <laughs> if you have been married, uh, if you know what it's like to be married, you know that sometimes... Anger is an experience, an emotion that you experience at times. And it's one of those wonderful things where, you know, uh, when, particularly when you're married to someone who is kind of like your opposite. Someone who is like, you know, we talk about being complementary, but uh, we've been learning about temperament types with some of our leaders lately. When we have kind of opposite temperaments and we live in the same space, uh, sometimes we really value and appreciate the differences that they have, and sometimes they just rub us the wrong way entirely. And, and anger comes up. But if we deal with anger in a healthy and productive way, uh, it can actually help to build and strengthen our marriages. Dealing with anger the right way can help strengthen our families. How many of us know that that misdirected anger, mismanaged anger, uncontrolled anger can tear a family apart? It can be terribly destructive to our children and, and to our, our families. Uh, workplaces, careers, friendships, managing our anger well... Anger that is managed, prob- uh, managed properly uh, can create great friendships and great workplaces. So that's, the, that's what we're going to talk a little bit about this morning, about staying calm in a crisis. When those tensions rise, when we're under pressure, how can we stay uh, calm in a crisis or a conflict? Some of you know that little character there from a movie called Inside Out. That is anger. And uh, he uh, explodes and the flames come out of his head. That's what we're trying not to be like today, all right? So how can we stay calm in the crisis? So if you're following along on your notes, number one, uh, right in there, the first point is to realise the cost of uncontrolled anger. Uncontrolled anger... Uh, like we just talked about before, can break down marriages, can break down families, can break down friendships, can break down relationships, can harm ourselves. Uncontrolled anger um, actually produces the same kinds of, of hormones and chemicals in our bodies as severe stress. It can cause all sorts of physical reactions. It releases adrenaline and, and cortisol and all those kinds of uh, stress hormones and things that over time... Uh, if not dealt with properly, can actually create, make ourselves physically unwell. Um, Proverbs 
29:22 says an angry person starts fights a hot-tempered person commits all kinds of sin how many of us know that when our anger is out of control when we don't express it properly or manage it properly it can cause us to do things that we probably regret later <laughs> we do things sometimes in anger we say things we we act in certain ways that we probably wouldn't if we were not angry um what about this one proverbs fourteen seventeen. short-tempered people do foolish things sometimes we we do silly things we make mistakes we we do things that are unhelpful and unproductive things that when we're thinking clearly we kind of look back at that and go oh why did i do that you know nobody in the right mind would think that that would be helpful in that situation but right then and there in that moment that's what i chose um, Proverbs fourteen twenty nine. that is patient people have great understanding but people with quick tempers show their foolishness the cost of uncontrolled anger when we begin to realize and look at it um, the things that uncontrolled anger cause us to do that's the first step second step is resolve to manage it now, resolve, when we say resolve, what we mean is to make a choice. You know, it's a bit like, it's, resolve is kind of the, the root word of where we get a resolution. When we resolve something, we make a resolution. It's to decide in advance, to say, this is what I'm going to do in my life. We make a choice. Now, sometimes it kind of feels at the time, sometimes like we get angry and we don't always have a choice about getting angry, do we? And sometimes that's... Uh, sometimes it kind of feels that way, but you know what? You are actually in control of your actions far more than what we sometimes feel like we are. I'm just going to let that sink in for just a little bit. When we get angry, we are actually making a choice to be angry. Nobody can make you feel something. Nobody can control your emotions without your permission. So we need to make a choice about how we're going to manage, uh, how we're going to uh, react or respond, how we're going to deal with anger. You can be proactive rather than reactive. We can think about it beforehand. Think about it this way. Let me give you an example. Have you ever been in one of those moments where you're like in a full, you're in full-blown anger mode? Maybe you're like, you know, mid yell someone you're you know one of the kids is being really frustrating and disobedient annoying or whatever and you're kind of in full i know this probably most of you will struggle to relate to this but um <laughs> uh you know and suddenly the phone rings and you like answer the phone like hello hello how are you going you know it's like you kind of you we we can control it or the the doorbell rings and it's kind of like you know you hi how are you you know <laughs> Uh, Proverbs 29, uh, 11. Uh, we, most of us know Jeremiah 29, 11, but Proverbs 29, 11 is probably be a really good one for us to memorize as well. It says, foolish people lose their tempers, but wise people control theirs. Foolish people lose their tempers, but wise people control theirs. Solomon says you have the power to control your temper and if you're wise you will make that choice you will keep 
your temper under control. This is a, a little quote from the Australian Psychological Society, psychology.org.au, and it says, Anger is triggered when a person believes they have been wronged by someone, that something unfair or unjust has happened, or that their well-being and social status are either not being respected or are under threat. That sounds pretty reasonable, doesn't it? Those are the kind, they sound like the kinds of things that we get angry about. But listen to what he says next. It says, no person can make us angry. Rather, anger is influenced by people's thoughts, their interpretations of events, and their coping skills and available supports. Have you ever wondered why sometimes things that make you angry don't seem to make other people angry? It's not necessarily a foregone conclusion that the same things make you angry all the time and you have no, no say or no choice. If that happens, then I get angry. And so, but sometimes we're kind of inclined or we have that sort of a tendency to think that way, don't we? Has some, have you ever said to someone, you make me so mad? <laughs> I'm sure probably, probably, certainly any of us who have children have probably said that at some point. No, 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 of course not. Um, certainly we would never say that to our, our, our wife or our husband. Uh, <laughs> but, but the reality is that nobody can make you mad. Like every, when you get mad, it is your choice. So step number one is to realize the cost of uncontrolled anger. Step two is to resolve to manage it. Get out in front of it. Get some strategies in your toolkit. Get some, make a decision, make a choice that I'm going to work on uh, and we're going to give you some sort of practical steps. We're going to look at what James says about this in a minute because he gives us some practical steps and some advice uh, about dealing with anger and, and managing our anger. But if we can do those two things, um, that's a great start. The next thing we need to do is, is this. Reflect before reacting. Reflect before reacting. What we're kind of talking about there is that, you know that moment when you really want to just like say, when, when you're angry and you just, there are words that just want to come out of your mouth? We're saying, pause hit the pause button, delay, wait. It's a bit like that old, uh, you might have heard that old thing, you know, count to 10, you know, before you speak. And if you're really, really mad, count to 100. <laughs> but to delay, to, pour, to hit that pause button can be a powerful tool uh, in, in, and, and less, uh, in, in how we react and how we manage that anger sometimes I don't know if you've ever been in that situation it's kind of like stuff comes out of your mouth and you instantly regret it and it's like if I just waited five more seconds or ten more seconds before I said that I probably would have made a different choice about what I said or the words that I said let's look at James James chapter 1 verse 19 and 20 he says my dear brothers and sisters take note of this when it says in the Bible, take note or pay attention or listen to me or something like that, it's a really good idea to take note. <laughs> it's a really good idea to look at what comes next. So let's look at what comes next. He says, everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak 
and slow to become angry. One quick, two slows. Why? Because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Human anger does not produce... How many of us know that's true? How many of us know that when it's human anger and not godly anger about a justice thing or something like that, but when it's human anger, it usually doesn't make us more righteous? (laughs) I put my hand over that. That's pretty true, isn't it? Now, in reading this, remember what we've been talking about as we've been studying James. Remember that James is writing to people who are facing challenges, people who are suffering persecution, people who've been scattered and forced to flee their homes and are now all around the country. So he's writing to scattered people that have been under persecution. But he writes with the purpose of helping them to understand how to live godly lives in the midst of a crisis. And and James, he says, if you're a follower of Jesus, then there ought to be this kind of... um, uh, part of Jesus is reflected in us. If we're a follower of Jesus, we should be trying, looking to kind of go to model our behavior and the way that we, we react to different things and the choices that we make uh, on, on what Jesus did. We, we should be looking to act in the same way uh, and respond to things the same way that Jesus does. Uh, one of the things about James, though, is that he, he often links he talks a lot about behavior and there's a lot of practical stuff we can see some practical stuff we're going to break that down in just a second but it's really important to understand that james doesn't just talk about practical stuff he doesn't just say do this do that don't do that you know he talks about the why he talks about the heart he talks about how the desires of our heart give rise to emotions and then that sort of leads us and entices us into sin he connects sort of the the inward with the outward and, and so he says, he says this, he says, be quick to listen. It's one of, the, one of the quickest ways to diffuse an argument is to actually genuinely listen to the person to understand and not to respond. To listen, to understand and not to respond. When... I don't know if you've ever been in that situation where, where you're really mad about something and you're feeling frustrated with someone and, and you, you're trying to discuss it but it feels like they're, you know, they're not listening and your, your voice starts to rise and you start getting a little bit more animated or things get a little bit more heated or you know, whatever the case might be. And maybe sometimes there, there's other, other times, other situations where when we're talking to someone and we're, there, there's a bit of heat in that but when that person just... That when they're just listening, it's sort of like the, the heat kind of goes out of the conversation. I don't know if you've ever experienced that. Hopefully you have. But genuinely listening to people can diffuse uh, an, an angry situation. And that's why James says, let this, like, be quick to listen. Let this kind of be the, the first default go-to response when we're dealing with someone, or when we're feeling angry or when we're talking with someone you know, when a, a, a heated conversation or something uh, in a conflict, if this was our default go-to kind of thing that we always did first, I think we would probably find ourselves in a lot less strife. We'd find that our relationships would probably be healthier and we'd get into less arguments and have to probably make fewer apologies later. <laughs> so he says, be quick to listen. Secondly, he says, be slow to speak. 
delay, as we said before, can help us not speak rashly or in anger. How, how often are we slow to listen and quick to speak? <laughs> it tends to be the kind of the default thing. We just, we just really need the other person to hear what we've got to say. We need them to understand where I'm coming from. And, he said, and James says, like, flip it around. Like default, defer to the other person. Give them the opportunity. They're probably in exactly the same boat where they just really want to feel heard too. And, uh, but, but if we're both trying to be heard first at the same time, um, then, then we kind of, we, we're not really listening to one another. Thirdly, be slow to get angry. I think if we did the first two, probably the third one would be a lot easier, wouldn't it? If we were quick to listen and slow to speak... It probably result in a lot less situations where anger gets the best of us. So be slow to speak, be slow to get angry. Sometimes it is, like we said before, just, just that little pause, just waiting a moment, that little bit of extra listening, thinking, slowing down enough to speak. So what, are we, what should we be thinking during that pause? Um, hopefully, you know, maybe it's just as simple as you know you need to count 10 and that's all you can think about right then and there but but there are some things that are helpful some questions that are helpful for us to ask ourselves in that little pause before speaking um firstly uh, i think that on your notes here the first one is why am i angry sometimes we're angry and we don't actually even stop long enough to think about what we're really angry about Sometimes we think it's one thing. Sometimes we think it's that person and what that person said or what that person did, but that's not actually the real reason. Sometimes the real reason is because we feel hurt. Sometimes, like that, uh, that quote from the psychology uh, society, uh, it, it's because we feel that we've been wronged, that someone has done the wrong thing. We're thinking, and, and that has hurt us, and we're kind of feeling uh, wounded. Sometimes we're angry because we're frustrated. Frustrated about not being listened to. Sometimes it's... Um, I, was, I was looking at some different statistics and, and listening to some people talk about different things about anger. And one of the things that um, I, I heard was that, um, generally speaking, kind of stereotype sort of thing, so don't crucify me. Um, <laughs> but generally speaking... Women tend to get angry more at people or in relationships. Uh, men tend to, more than women, tend to get angry at stuff. At that machine that won't work, that car thing that won't, that, you know, the computer that won't do what it's told or, I mean, computers annoy all of us, I think, but um, <laughs> it, used to, it used to be the photocopier at work, you know, that would always jam up and you, like, kick the thing and... <laughs> There'd always be that one tiny little piece of paper. Anyway, I digress. But it can be frustration. And if we look at that and go, you know, because sometimes, you know, it's one of the, when we're frustrated at something or someone else, it can kind of be misdirected, can't it? And we can kind of, if we take a moment and stop and look and think, where are my feelings of anger really coming from? It can be helpful in managing the situation that we find ourselves in. Second question to ask yourself in that pause is what do I really want? What am I really looking for? 
if, if, if I'm feeling angry, if I'm feeling frustrated, what am I actually trying to get out of this? Am I just trying to be understood? Am I just trying to be heard? Am I trying to get an apology? Uh, am I trying to get a, a problem solved or a problem fixed? Or like, what, what is it? So why am I angry? What do I really want? And the third one is, how can I get it? And that kind of seems a little bit sort of selfish when you just kind of first, when I first read that, I thought, oh, it seems a little bit like self-serving, doesn't it? But it's kind of like, there, there are things that we need, isn't there? There are things that we need at times and if we can kind of look at that and go, what is it that I'm really trying to get from this kind of situation or this conflict or this scenario and what is the best way to get it? Sometimes we might look at that and go, you know what, exploding in anger and yelling at this person right in front of me is probably not the best way to get what I want. Surprise, surprise. (laughs) <laughs> you know but it's like if, if 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 i understand where i'm trying to get to then i can start to think about okay what's the best approach to get there uh, and one of the things that we can also do so once we've asked ourselves those three questions is to pray and you might like to pray something like what the psalmist here in psalm 141 prayed and he says lord help me control my tongue Help me be careful about what I say. I think there's a lot of us that could stand to pray that prayer on a regular basis, isn't there? Help me be careful about what I say. What a great prayer. Point number four is to look for appropriate ways to release my anger to release my anger appropriately to look for ways that we can express it that are not destructive but constructive anger doesn't always equal sin anger can often lead us to sin but anger itself um, isn't always sin Uh, ephesians chapter 4 paul's writing he says in your anger or another translation says when you get angry don't sin uh, Proverbs 15 verse 1 says a gentle answer deflects anger but harsh words make tempers flare often I find that there are kind of two camps of people when it comes to how we express anger there are those who blow up and those who store up <laughs> And there are people, and you probably know people in your life, that's like when they get angry, you know it. Like it is out and it's loud and it's verbal straight away. Um, There's none of this kind of like simmering below the surface. It's like, you know, it's just out, you know, and they'll they'll kind of, you know, like our our little friend here from from inside out, it's kind of like you you see it all over them. Um, Now, sometimes that means that you know, that kind of blow up is expressed in ways that are maybe not helpful or not appropriate. Maybe it's, you know, it's the loud, it's the yelling. Maybe it's people who get physical or violent. Um, maybe it's things like sarcasm, you know. Um, sarcasm is often a reflection of anger or maybe, you know, people who kind of do the, you know, the, the pout and sulk and, you know, but it's kind of like an expressed sort of uh, anger, and then there are the others who are kind of like the store up sort of anger and you don't know they're angry uh, until like three months later 
when, you know, something they finally crack and they bring up all the things that you've done to make them angry over the last three months. And it's like they've been saving it all up, just waiting for the right moment, the right opportunity to let you have it all. (laughs) You know, sometimes it's a little bit like... um, Sometimes, and I think with those those things as well, we can end up um, misdirecting that anger, particularly when it's kind of that, you know, if we try to avoid it, we try to suppress it, we try to go, no, 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 you know, we don't talk about it. We can find ourselves in another situation where we're still angry with that person, but now this person does something really little and they feel the full force of it. Uh, I, I kind of thought of it a little bit like this, because Some, sometimes it, it feels like that that pressure of anger can build up, and it's a little bit like you know when you shake up a, a can of coke, and all that pressure's building up inside, but you can't see anything until you crack the top, you know, and all of a sudden it's like just kind of goes everywhere and gets on everything, and anybody who's nearby cops a bit of a spray. Um, But if we don't have healthy ways to express how we're feeling, to express our anger appropriately and to manage it, it can kind of get to that point where, you know, it, it explodes all over whoever we happen to be with at the time. What we need to do with anger is not to blow up or store up, but is to confess it. It's to admit and sometimes, you know, sometimes that's talking to God. Sometimes that's about talking to the person that maybe we're angry with or talking to someone else that we trust, about looking, admitting the source. You know, I'm angry because I'm hurt. I'm angry because I'm, I'm, I'm worried or scared about what might happen. I'm angry because I'm frustrated. Those kinds of things. Actually talk about it, confess it. Um, and doing that with God is a great first step. But often what we find is that God then leads us to going and and talking about that with someone else, doesn't he? The key, this next point, number five, is really one of the keys to to long-term change. How many of you know that just willpower alone um, is a very ineffective method of trying to create long-term change in our lives? Anybody who's ever set a New Year's resolution or, or, you know, tried to quit smoking or, you know, tried to make some sort of effective long-term change. But the key to being able to do that, and we're talking about this kind of uh, issue in our life, is, 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 is in our mind, it's in our thought life. We need to re-pattern our minds, our way of thinking. Your current method or way of dealing with anger is a learned response did you know that you learned it from somebody else might have been a parent might have been uh, a grandparent it might have been another significant person in your life but somebody in your life at some point modeled the kind of the method of dealing with anger that is your go-to but the good news is that anything that is learned can be also unlearned that we can learn new patterns of behavior. Romans chapter 12 verse 2 says, Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. 
as we allow God to begin to, to do that within us. And a, and a big part of that is dependent on our relationship with Him. And as our relationship with Him um, kind of gets, gets stronger and closer and, and, and more intimate as we spend time with Jesus and He begins to change the way that we think about different situations, about different scenarios and the way that we respond to different things. Uh, we talked, bef- I think, a few weeks ago about this pattern, and James talks about this as well, the way that our thoughts uh, determine our emotions, which then determine our actions. And so what we need to do is not just try to change the behaviour while our thought patterns and our emotions are still the same, because we know that it's kind of just kind of like putting a, a Band-Aid, a patch on something that really needs um, surgery. So we need to get back to the source. We need to get allow God to transform and change the way that we think. So to repattern our mind. And this is the last one. Is to ask God to fill me with His love. God's love gives us the power to change our hearts. From angry and out of control to composed and in control. God's love and being filled with God's love is actually, uh, I think this is one of the, the things that he really gives us power to stay calm in a crisis or in a conflict. 1 Corinthians 13 says, Love does not easily become angry. Love does not easily become angry. We know that, don't we? Um, uh, there's a couple of aspects that I, I just want to kind of mention quickly when it comes to understand, uh, when it comes to allowing God's love to to fill us, and that's firstly one of the things that we've been singing about this morning is understanding God's love for me, understanding that God loves me. As I understand how much God loves me and how much He accepts me, and how passionately He cares about me, it, it kind of, it, it, it means that I care less about what other people say. It means that I care, le- and maybe I don't care, not that I don't care at all, but it becomes less important what other people do, what other people think, and what other people say when I understand what God says. 1 John 3 verse 1 says, See how very much... Our Father loves us, for He calls us His children. He chose you, He adopted you because of how much He loved you. And that love, when we understand, when we accept and receive that love, it helps to combat fear. It helps to combat insecurity. The second aspect is, having a heart that loves others the way that Jesus does and actually allowing that love that God has for us to influence the way that we interact and love other people. Jesus said in John 13, he says, love each other just as I have loved you, so you should love each other. Luke 6, Jesus says, bless those who curse you and pray for those who hurt you. That's not always an easy thing to do, is it? Sometimes that's really challenging. Sometimes God puts that person on our heart and we're so busy being angry 
and wanting to call down curses on them back in return for what they've done that we don't even have a minute to stop and think about how does Jesus want me to to respond to this person Jesus says pray for them pray for those who hurt you but that kind of love that kind of attitude that says that person hurt me so I'm going to pray that God would bless them only comes from a place of understanding God's love for us Bible says we love, we know how to love, we understand what love is because God has loved us and we pattern our love on a way that He loves us. So this is what actually helps us to understand this kind of love. Matthew 12, 34 says, Whatever is in your heart determines what you say. Just like the the Coke can that we looked at before, pressure is a factor. When we're under pressure, sometimes we can kind of explode, but what comes out is what was in the can to begin with, isn't it? Can't shake up a Coke can and and open it and expect orange juice to come out. (laughs) You know, and and so we've got to think about, you know, like what is it that comes out of us when we're under the squeeze? What is it that comes out of us when we're under pressure? Because what comes out of us when we're under pressure is what's in our heart. That's always a challenging thing to think about, isn't it? Because sometimes we know what comes out of us when we're under pressure. We know what comes out of us when we're feeling the squeeze. All right, just in closing this morning and so James gives us those practical tips he tells us to be quick to listen tells us to be slow to speak he tells us to be slow to get angry and those are great those are really helpful things but ultimately what we need is a connection to Jesus. What we need is to have a heart that's filled with God's love for people. What we need is to know that we are loved. What we need is to know that we are accepted and valued and cared about by God and to understand that so is the person that we may be in conflict with. That they are a person who God loves, a person who God cares about, And as we begin to understand uh, that attitude, as we begin to allow that attitude, that work of the Holy Spirit within us to grow, to seek um, the good of one another, then we begin to be able to to have that that thing that motivates us to, to manage our anger well. This is a really important thing because the cost of badly managed anger, the cost of uncontrolled anger is too high. I don't want any more families that are broken. I don't want any more marriages that get broken because of anger. I don't want any more children to be hurt or spouses to be uh, abused or physically hurt because of uncontrolled anger. As we reflect on that, encourage you to pray 
I don't want to. I'm going to ask for any sort of show of hands this morning. But just as we, just as we sing this last song this morning, I want to reflect. I want to encourage you to reflect on that. I want to encourage you to ask God to to help you to identify some of those areas in your life, whether it's at home or at work or you know wherever that might be, where this may be a struggle. I'm not saying you're doing badly or anything like that, but like, is, is this an area where some of these things we need to go, you know what, I could have handled that better. I could have been a little slower to speak. I could have been a little quicker to listen. I could have spoken with a little more grace and reacted with a little less anger or frustration. Maybe there are some things that, that the Holy Spirit's putting on your mind this morning where you know... Um, you, you've, you've messed up and there's someone that you've um, hurt with your words or you've spoken to in anger and he's wanting to challenge you and say will you, will you put that right will you apologize will you make reparations will you kind of go to that person God wants his people to live in harmony we know that means uh, that, that doesn't mean that there will never be conflict we're different people and at times there's stuff that happens and at times we feel those feelings of anger but as we learn to deal with them in the right way we can continue in that, that sense of unity, that sense of harmony that sense of caring for one another and not allow the enemy to get in and break down those relationships let's pray together as we close Father This is a hard thing at times. But we thank you that you help us. That your spirit helps us to have soft hearts. That your spirit helps us in those moments where we're tempted to allow anger to get the best of us. Where we're tempted to respond and and, and, and lash back at the person who hurt us. Instead of responding with grace and kindness. Lord, help us to be people who are slow to speak, slow to get angry and quick to listen. Help us to be people who seek uh, restoration, who seek reconciliation and not allow division to come into your body, come into our relationships, to come into our marriages and our families. Father, I pray for each one of us here that your spirit would be speaking to us and helping us to to make that choice today to look at the ways, to look honestly and openly at the ways that we respond to anger in our life and begin to ask you to help us make the changes that we need to make that reflect Christ in us and bring glory to you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to today's message. For more information or to listen to other podcasts, head to our website at bethelcrc.org.au or check out Bethel Family Church on Facebook.